are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, we've had a day to kind of pump the brakes a little bit. I've had a couple throat lozenges. Um, I've got my blood pressure back down to the normal rate. And the Arizona Cardinals are sitting at 5-2 and two after one of the best Sunday night football games I've ever witnessed. Locked on Cardinals, part of your Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Alex Clancy and Bo Brock. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow Bo at Bob Rack. Follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Now, Bo and I have talked, pulling the curtain back a little bit, Bo and I talked before we started this podcast today like, what did we talk about? After the game, it's like it was just this stream of consciousness, this time of positivity abound and kind of disbelief, bewilderment, awe, excitement, happiness. It was just a this cavalcade of emotion. And now a day removed. Bo, before we get into our lead story here, have you processed what we watched yet on Sunday night? To try to break it down, and I'm trying not to sound like a six-year-old trying to explain to his grandparents his first trip to Disney World, where it's just one just incoherent spew of everything that happened over a two-day period. It was I, What we witnessed was the Arizona Cardinals are ahead of schedule. What we thought after two weeks of the NFL season, now after seven weeks of the NFL season, the Arizona Cardinals showed on Sunday Night Football that they are ahead of schedule and they're going to be a threat in the 2020 season. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. These are things that we had hoped for as media members and, you know, for fans and the team. I just didn't think it would happen this quickly. And when we talked about the, you know, we looked at the schedule before the season started. Man, the Cardinals could. Going to the bye week five and two. I mean, in theory, they could, but you know, they have Dallas on Monday night with Dak, and Seattle's going to be a tough game, even though it's at home because Russell Wilson owns them at home. And San Francisco week one is probably going to be a loss. You know, we, we didn't really wrap our head around the chance of the Cardinals actually being five and two through seven weeks going into their bye week. Kyler Murray has superseded any thought that I have had, that we probably have had in his growth because of how quickly it's happened, both on the field and off it. That's your Locked on Cardinals lead story. I'm Alex Clancy with Bo Brock. Now, what I mean by that is we expected Kyler Murray to progress. We expected him to get better. I mean, that's that's kind of an obvious, uh, you know, obvious part of his of his uh, career arc in his second year, second year in a system, second year in the NFL, getting DeAndre Hopkins, having Larry Fitzgerald, having Christian Kirk healthy, Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
what maybe we didn't expect, and I'll, and I'll and I'll toss to Bo after this, that he's grown up, and not to say he was immature or not an adult when he came into the league, but I go back to draft night where he didn't want to talk to anybody. Before that, the Dan Patrick show where he couldn't put a string of words together to make a coherent sentence when Dan Patrick had him on, to now where he's barking at Darrell Daniels, the tight end who who uh, not only dropped the first uh, pass of the game, but also missed an assignment that allowed K.J. Wright to you know circle around him and drop DeAndre Hopkins for a loss in a pivotal, in a pivotal play in a pivotal series. Barking at DeAndre Hopkins last week for for not uh, uh, running the right route. Are you as surprised as I am that we're watching Kyler Murray grow exponentially in the leadership role than where he was when he was a rookie? Or am I alone in that? No, I think that it's these types of players. They still have the ability to surprise you with how good they are. And what I mean is Kyler Murray, the expectation is there, right? That he's going to be a great player. But to see it unfold before your eyes, it it really is it's it's a rarity in the NFL. It happens, obviously, and, and they're a select few on each, you know, peppered across each and every franchise, and you get to witness it where guys, there's the expectations, and they're very high to start with. And then to see those players tap into those expectations and exceed those expectations it still surprises people. And, you know, to kind of go through this season and to see how Kyler Murray and just see his progression into in 2020 and where we are from week one to week seven, it's it's still pretty miraculous to see. I mean, we're, we're sitting here after seven weeks of play and Kyler Murray has 20 total touchdowns. You know, and you and I, we didn't shy away from the discussion in the offseason about Kyler Murray being a potential MVP candidate. And it's crazy and that Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes had set those expectations, but to see him, you know, tap into that and actually be in that conversation is pretty miraculous. And, you know, it's it's just one of the, it's such a, a, a fun ride. And there are only a few, I mean, especially within the Arizona Cardinals organization. And since they came to Phoenix, came to the desert, you, you can name on one hand the players that when you heard about them in college and they were drafted in the Cardinals organization, and to see them become the players that we thought they could be, it's Larry Fitzgerald, it's Patrick Peterson. Now we're seeing it with Kyler Murray. And we can't help but think Stockholm syndrome when it comes to losing games like Sunday night, where it's just you find a way to lose. The Cardinals have found a way to lose games so many times over the last handful of seasons, pretty much since the NFC Championship game run which is such an Uncle Rico thing to talk about. Back in my day, that's a back-in-my-day topic at this point. The team's completely different. Everything's different except for Steve Kime and Larry Fitzgerald. You know, and Chandler Jones, Patrick Peterson. The Cardinals... It's, yeah, sorry. No, I mean, it's it's just like watching last watching Sunday night, I'm like, just how how are they going to win? Because I, I don't think they're going to win. And that was just existentially thinking. I'm like... We've been down this road so many times before that opposing teams have given the Cardinals multiple opportunities to take games and win them, and the Cardinals just fall short. And it's the Stockholm Syndrome thing is just, I'm so comfortable with watching them lose at this point 
that when things like that happen, like it like it did on Sunday night, with Kyler Murray at the helm, Kyler Murray taking control, and even though he wasn't throwing the ball on the last drive, he was facilitating Chase Edmonds to get into space. You know, I mean, this was you take you get all the credit when you're the quarterback, whether you're throwing the ball or not, when you get a W. And what we've seen so far through seven weeks is Kyler Murray, as you mentioned, truly, which I didn't believe before the season started, is a true MVP candidate at this point through seven weeks. And that surprises me, even though maybe it shouldn't. Absolutely. And the thing that that's that we... We're having a tough time because of what you're you're mentioning is that, you know whether it's you know PTS sports PTSD or Stockholm syndrome is that this team Kyler Murray players like DeAndre Hopkins are transcendent enough to change the narrative and they're doing it on a week by week basis. I mean they started it off with the season opener in San Francisco by. What what they've done so far through seven weeks is changing the narrative that was the stench that was surrounding the stigma around this franchise that they could they can't have nice things. The fan base believed that. We were thinking it when uh, Zane Gonzalez missed the first field goal in overtime. Is why, why can't we have nice things like other fan bases? And they they persevered. They came up with a big play. They stopped Russell Wilson. You know, for the it seemed like the fifth time in the second half and in the overtime. They made the big play necessary to put themselves back in a position to win the game, and they got it done. And that's because the team is following in the footsteps of their quarterback. And uh, Kyler Murray is transcendent enough to change the, the negative narrative around this organization. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, follow the podcast at Locked on AC Cards on Twitter. Please subscribe. Thank you to everybody who reached out to us on Sunday throughout the game. We are starting to gain some traction, and we really we don't want to let up. You know, Bo and I love doing this. We love talking to people. We love agreeing. We love disagreeing with both each other and people on Twitter. We, we love just having conversations about the Cardinals. This is the precipice of something that could be great for the next decade, and that's not an overstatement. As long as Kyler Murray plays football for the Cardinals, the Cardinals have an ability to be not only relevant but win. And that's something that has been a far cry from the normalcy that Arizona Cardinals fans, media members, and the team itself alike have experienced for the majority of the last decade. Even through the B.A. years, there was always shooting themselves in the foot moments that never really allowed them to get to that next level. And I think with Kyler Murray under center and in shotgun, things could definitely change. Coming up next, there have been some crazy stats that have come out after the Cardinals game. We're going to talk about those, and we're going to give the defense the recognition it deserves. All that next, Locked on Cardinals. But first, this football season will be different, and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. For me, it's laptop, Sunday ticket, TV, local games, Pepsi, chips, I'm in. Pepsi's a refreshing you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. And also, rockauto.com. Listen, for those that listen to this podcast... 
Thank you, first of all. Second of all, no. I don't know jack about cars. I know that when I go to chain storefront places, I get nervous because I have to look in a book. I don't know what parts I need. It's pretty embarrassing. So if you're like me, there is a place for you to go. RockAuto.com. It's obviously online. It's a family-owned business that's been around for 20 years, and it has all the parts that you'd get at a chain storefront just at your fingertips. You can search. You don't have to feel embarrassed. The catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate, so you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. So go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. It's been pretty awesome kind of watching the national media react to the Cardinals. You know, it's not it's not a normal occurrence. I mean, it's starting it's starting to become more and more uh, commonplace to see teams or to see national media members sports center highlight the Cardinals and you know a uh, big radio pundits highlight the Cardinals and Kyler Murray because of his excitement. But now they're no longer a gimmick team that people say are fu- is fun to watch. This is a team that has a killer instinct at times. Now, that's not to say that they play perfectly on Sunday night because, oh boy, did they not. It seems like the first drive of each half for the Cardinals, they forget that they're playing football. It seems like a carbon copy of what we see every week on their first drive. Take a shot, incomplete. Run or throw it two yards and then... Take a deep pass. It's just like it seems exactly the same, and then they have to punt. That that's that's what we've grown accustomed to this season. And the fact that they showed killer instinct for over fifty percent of that game, the defense was lights out in the second half, only allowing seven points uh, to this to the Seahawks team in the second half in overtime. They're growing as a unit, a fifty-three man unit on Sundays. The coaching's getting better. Vance Joseph stole the show in the second half. And it's just, it's a fun thing to watch. And there are some stats that Bo and I have kind of collected, you know, through uh, our uh, crack research of finding things on Twitter and and uh, and searching for them. This is, this is the one that got me. And this shows how much futility has permeated this franchise over the last decade. This is only the third game. This past Sunday night was only the third game where the Cardinals racked up 500 or more yards of total offense in the last 10 seasons. Three out of the last 100 and whatever, 50, 60 games, just rounding up. Third, three times. That's through the BA years. They've racked up 500 yards of total offense. And yeah, overtime helped. But it's not like, you know, the Cardinals were were uh, flummoxed until overtime and then they gained 200 yards of offense in overtime. Like, that one blew my mind. The fact that through all the B.A. years, that this is only the third one. It, it, does that surprise you at all, that stat? Yeah, it is, it's shocking to look at the Arizona Cardinals. They're second in the NFL in yards, in total yards wow. on offense. And, and to, I mean, this was after, you know, three 
pretty solid seasons of offensive football under Bruce Arians. And I mean, it's a different era. I mean, it's it's wild to think about that just five years ago that the NFL is even more offensive than, than it was back then, but it is. I mean, you're seeing across the league probably a majority of the teams are putting up yardage-wise, points-wise, some of the most that they have ever in the history of the franchise. But still, for the Arizona Cardinals to where they... I mean, Alex, we were talking about this team in 2018. Mike McCoy was the offensive coordinator. Steve Wilkes was the head coach. This team was so far behind offensively to where they are right now. I mean, it's it's like 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah, I mean, remember, the, the night that Mike McCoy got fired, I think he got fired right after the game, Thursday night football. Yeah, yeah, against Denver. Denver put up, I believe, a 41 burger and 45. Josh 45 to 10. That's right. And Josh Rosen turned the ball over five times. I don't know. He threw he threw a couple pick sixes. It was a it was a mess. Yeah, and then there were there were some some fumbles as well. So Mike McCoy gets fired. And I remember, I don't think I I can't remember. Were you part were you with me then that early? When uh when Mike McCoy got hired because I was all on the Mike McCoy train, the guy put Tim Tebow into the playoffs. Yeah, and won a game it right, was and that, insane. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's like, why wouldn't he be able to do it with this? Oh, David Johnson. Oh, coming off injury. You know, uh, right. everything. Oh man. And then now, even last year when they drafted Kyler, like there were some flashbulb plays. There were some memories from last year, but there was no cohesion. I mean, sure, they came back in week one against Detroit. It was a magical day. It's still one of the greatest sporting events I've seen in person. And the Cardinals tied week one against the Lions. Yeah. But, like, now it's it's still not 100% a well-oiled machine on offense. That's fair to say, correct? And that's that's what's scary. That's what's scary for the rest of the league. And And, and you look at... Kyler Murray, who gets the praise, DeAndre Hopkins broke the record for the most receptions to to start a uh, a tenure with the team through seven games. Um, the Cardinals are fifth in point differential in the NFL yeah. at plus fifty seven. Now, yes, they put up twenty eight more points than the uh, than the Cowboys, and they put up twenty more points than the Jets. Like, okay, I get that. That's a nice giddy up there, but. Sweet mother, up fi- plus 57. That's a beautiful thing. And this is the story that I wanted to uh, surround all those stats with. DJ Humphreys signed his extension this offseason. Team-friendly. He got his guaranteed money, but still team-friendly. Third week in a row as the high rate, highest-rated offensive lineman in the NFL per, uh, pro football focus. That... And listen, I know first thought for the naysayers, well, Kyler Murray makes it easy. He makes it easier, that's for damn sure, that there's not the Statue of Liberty back there with no with no uh, uh, flexibility to jump outside of the pocket. I get that part. But DJ Humphreys has done his work. And you have to pay the respect where it's due. This offensive line has been an unsung hero, regardless of who they've played, regardless of how bad the uh, the rush attack is, the pass rush attack is for the Seahawks. The, the Cardinals' offensive line has dazzled compared to what people thought they would have done through seven weeks, and it needs to get the recognition it deserves. And DJ, third week in a row, I mean, that's unbelievable to me. If, if you were to told me that when the season started, I would have said, stop smoking whatever you're smoking. 
Right. It's like the next gen nerd stats too. Like something that most Arizona Cardinals, they don't appear on those lists. It's he's getting the the appreciation and, and the credit he deserves. You're talking about an offensive line when you just get away from the advanced stats and you just look at it as far as Kyler Murray through seven weeks, 23 sacks in 2019. Through seven weeks in 2020, he's been sacked nine times. I mean, in week three of the 2019 NFL season against Carolina, Kyler Murray was sacked eight times, to put things in perspective. He was sacked one less time in one week than he has been through seven weeks this season. And I continue to talk about it. I mean, just changing the narrative around this team. about their you know We talk about their inability to, to slow down opposing offenses and here they are. I mean, they're making big stops against the most potent offense in the NFL in crucial crucial situations. I mean, they only give up seven points in the second half on Sunday night football. We talk about how they can't create any turnovers. What are the last two weeks yielded? Three picks from Russell Wilson, something he hasn't done since 2017. And he's only done, I think, four times in his career. I mean, we talk about Russell Wilson... And his record at State Farm Stadium in Glendale. I mean, he hadn't lost since his rookie debut in 2012. It was a, it was a it was a seven game streak where he hadn't lost. They changed that narrative on Sunday night. They beat him. Russell Wilson hadn't lost two games in a row to the Cardinals in his career. That's changed. It's unbelievable what this team is being able to do, and they're doing it not just you know with what people thought. Yeah, this gimmick. It was just going to be an offensive team. They were, they were going to put up, it was going to be fun to watch. Kyler Murray's going to take a step. DeAndre Hopkins there. Cliff Kingsbury's this offensive play calling guru. But they're putting it together. And next thing you know, they're five and two. They're beating an unbeaten Seahawks team. It's, it's, it's such a wild, fun ride. Yeah, it is. It is. And this is just Bowen, myself, just finally being able to unleash just endorphins through our words and not, you know, uh, needles into our own eyes, which is what we've experienced over the last couple seasons. Now, look at the Seahawks. Look at the Seahawks' defense last night. If you sit there and tell me that the defense isn't equally as important, regardless of how potent your offense is, you've got another thing coming. Because Russell Wilson is putting up historic numbers. And yes... They are now 5-1. and one. But that defense is currently constructed, even with Jamal Adams when he's back healthy on the field, that's not a Super Bowl defense. You can't win a Super Bowl with that defense. And what the Cardinals showed in the second half after getting absolutely abused and embarrassed through the first half of that game on Sunday night, Vance Joseph figured something out, and we're going to talk about it a little bit next before bringing up a homecoming for familiar face. Locked on Cardinals, Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. We'll be right back. Final segment, Locked on Cardinals, this Tuesday edition. Listen, it's fun. This, is, this has been fun. And the defense for the Arizona Cardinals, that surprised me last night. Because, listen, it's if you just look at a box score... It's like, oh yeah, they only gave up seven points in the second half, but they got you know punished in the first half. How can you really, you know, uh, give them any sort of award besides you know a ninth place purple one that that doesn't mean anything? What Vance Joseph did with zero pass rush on paper with Chandler Jones gone, like they had in the first couple weeks. Having Devon Kennard back was fine. He helped. He he got in the backfield a couple times. 
but it he put a scheme together that would have made Jimmy Johnson at Miami and Dallas blush. Jimmy Johnson was known for bringing safeties in and playing them as linebackers. And it was fast, and it was exciting, and it was opportunistic, and it was turnover-driven, and that's exactly what Vance Joseph did because they don't have a stereotypical pass rusher anymore. Chandler Jones is on the shelf. Isaiah Simmons played five snaps. The last one was the interception, which is cool. It's fun, but it's it, it's it may have been, and I talked about this Sunday night on the Monday podcast that we recorded Sunday night, that I may have gotten, gotten a little overboard saying it was the most pivotal play of the Cardinals' season, but it's close to that. But you take him away, the people that are in the backfield, Byron Murphy, Buda Baker, uh, Devon Kennard, you have guys that are smaller. Deontay Thompson was a missile at times in the backfield. So Vance Joseph looked at his roster and he said, okay, we're going to blitz the hell out of them and we're also going to make them think we're blitzing every play. That Byron Murphy blitz, if you find it on Twitter, if you didn't see it, they had 10 guys coming after the quarterback he, they dropped five back into coverage. Byron Murphy was the only one that actually blitzed, and he lit up Russell Wilson, and that was the deciding turning point of the game. So, Bo, tell me what Vance Joseph did to give up that many points in the first half and really was only, and they only yielded seven points in the second half in overtime. He was a mad scientist in the second half. He's like you're. You're not going to do that. You're not going to blitz your your second year corner, Byron Murphy, or you're not. You're not going to. You're putting Isaiah Simmons in the in the, in the game on you know third and long against the best quarterback in the league, a guy that struggled to even you know to even show that he belongs in the football field. And Isaiah Simmons, and he comes up with the 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 game changing pick that put him in a position to win the game. I mean, he was just a mad scientist as far as what he was dialing up, and it made no sense. It had no rhythm or flow, but it got the job done. I mean, it was it was an unreal performance from Vance Joseph that gave the Cardinals the ability. Like they had to go for broke after the first half, where they gave up what was it, 377 total yards to the Seahawks offense. Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett were just playing on another level for them to come out. They had to go for broke, and they just they he had to find you know he had to play without a safety net, and he just had to go for it. Otherwise, the Cardinals are looking at four and three and a ho hum you know bye week. But now they're just going to ride this wave. And it was all. It was a big chunk of that. Belong of credit deserves. Uh, Vance Joseph deserves that for his ability to, to to dial up the right adjustments. And that's you know that's that's one of the biggest things in the NFL. But we even saw with a guy playing at an MVP caliber level in Russell Wilson that when you give him when you get him off, you get him uneasy in the pocket, and he's got to move around, and he's not in third and manageable. He becomes you know, not. I wouldn't say Russell Wilson becomes pedestrian, but his team becomes pedestrian, and the Cardinals' defense was able to make enough plays in that game to win it. And in all credit to Vance shows. Marcus Golden's coming back. Marcus Golden from the New York Giants was traded for a sixth round pick. It was kind of news dumpy when it happened. Like it wasn't a, a, a huge integral. We are bringing Marcus Golden back, but people that have been Cardinals fans for a long time didn't realize how important he was to this pass rush from the linebacking court as they do now. And it's it was a very low-risk situation. You know exactly what you're going to get. It kind of had the feel like when they brought back Carlos Dansby, you know, like, so he went, Carlos Dansby left, he came back, and you have a guy 
that's an anchor on defense. He's not going to be he's not going to be your number one asset on defense, but he's a guy that you can trust that'll show up and that will learn this three four scheme very quickly. Because one of his main jobs is going to be hey, be Chandler Jones. I mean, right. seriously, like he's got a body that most guys that are rushing the passer right now don't have, and will be. Re- I'm remiss to not bring up Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick is a little undersized for what they're trying to get him to do as being a situational pass rusher because every situation seems like he's going to be rushing the passer. With Marcus Golden, he's not as quick as Hassan Reddick, but he's a guy that you can trust to get in the backfield more than anybody else on the roster from a pass rushing position right now. So, Bo, your thoughts initially, were you surprised like I was? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that we kind of, Marcus Golden fit the bill as far as what you were looking for Steve Kime to acquire. It, was, it wasn't going to cost you very much. He was going to bring in a guy that was familiar with the system and he could be plug and play and make, you know, potentially an impact right away. But you're, you know you're not going to go out and you're not going to get a star, right? You're not going to go out there and, and you're going to make the headlining acquisition. But you brought in a guy that's motor is nonstop. He's going to fit kind of the identity that's been created by Vance Joseph in this defense over the last couple of weeks. And he's going to be a guy that can do something that maybe outside of Devon Kennard, most of the guys on your defense aren't as, aren't new to. Like Marcus Golden has been getting to the quarterback since Steve Kime drafted him out of Missouri in the second round so many years ago. He got to the quarterback 10 times for a bad Giants team. He was probably the best pass rusher on the G-men. So anytime you can go out and you can get the pass, pass rusher from any team in the NFL – you're making your team better. And he's going to join a rotation of guys, and he's going to be able to play at pretty close to 100% in the tank. Uh, and it, it's just going to be dangerous. It just adds another element to this defense and another wrinkle to this defense that's that's pretty scary for for the rest of the NFC West. And I, and I will say this, and, and, I, and I hope Steve Kime's not done before the deadline, and I definitely want to get into the discussion as far as our wish lists go for the rest of the, of the, of the week, during the bye week, but one thing, we talk about all these eye-popping stats, offensive, defensively. The most important stat to this 5-2 and two start for the 2020 season is 2-0 and against the NFC West and 2-0 and against the two teams that, you, that everybody before the season were picking to win the division. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you know what? We're going to leave it there. We could talk about this for an hour. We've got a lot to talk about over the next you know, three or four days and then going into the bye week, and then prepping for Miami. But I want you to think about this, to chew on this until we talk to you again. There is one player, in my opinion, that if the money is right, the Cardinals should give up any draft pick that's not a first-rounder, and he plays in the AFC South. We'll talk about that Next time, Locked on Cardinals.